Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. Should be considered a feminist icon. Like, Bulma from Dragon Ball. From Bulma. Dragon. Yeah, she yeah. should be considered a feminist icon. I mean, were you expecting pushback from me on this? Uh, no, I just wanted to be uh, announced as aware to the world uh, because she is either directly or indirectly responsible for saving Earth as many times if not more than any single Z fighter. Right, right. And the only pushback I have on that is how she did my nigga Yamcha dirty. Like, I just feel like, you know, the way Vegeta swooped in and snatched her up Hold like on, let Usher. Hold on, let me tell you about this real quick. The way he snatched her up like Usher at a birthday concert, I just feel like was mad disrespectful. Hold um, on. Especially when my nigga, if you go back to Dragon Ball, like Yamcha was putting in the legwork, right? Like you know, he he wasn't no pushover. It, when when he came back at Dragon Ball Z, it was like they nerfed his character a lot. And not only did they nerf his character, but then they also made it so that he got his bitch stolen. Which I just now, hold on. I'm watching Dragon Ball Z right now. Bulma put the moves on Vegeta. Exactly. That that's what Bulma I was saying. Made the first. Move. She shows up. She chose up, and and I just feel like the way she Yamcha chose up kept, was kind of dirty. He was watching his, he was being a hoe. Yeah, well, listen. <laughs> he was being a hoe, and Bulba was like, I'm done waiting for you. Ah, ah. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. I got a prince. I got a prince. Not just some warrior in the woods. I admit, I holding on the fucking to, lock on should have made you leave your key. Holding on to glory from the last Yamcha, series. Yamcha, you're the worst fighter in DBZ. <laughs> you talk about Dragon Ball shit. That was Dragon Ball, nigga. There's a Z on the end of the shit now. That's but how no. you know my standards is right. up. And crashing through. That's right. Welcome back. It's your boy Doc. And Ziggy. Now and in Technicolor. The Flood. Now in Technicolor. Now in Technicolor. <laughs> For our viewers, if this video makes it out. If not, our listeners will always be like, eh. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, apparently they have this really cool background. We can't see it. We'll always be a mystery. Uh, <laughs> I want to see the background. Well, you can see the background now in Technicolor. Welcome back to your favorite weekly pop culture digest, taking the news happening around us and discussing how it shapes the culture that defines us with our pop perspective. To put culture in context. And make the mainstream make, make sense. Because, because if, if we, we don't, don't make sense, if we, we don't, don't make sense. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're glad to have you all with us again. I'm sure you're wondering why we gathered you all here. <laughs> it, there's a lot to talk about. Um, you know, Ron DeSantis in Florida wildin' at it again. Uh, <laughs> Tupac's case got reopened. Ooh, 
Ooh, uh, the Barbie movies got conservatives all in a tizzy. MTG is showing. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I can't do that to match the gathering. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is showing screenshots of Hunter Biden having sex with hookers in Congress. And so much more. But before we get into all of that, y'all know how we like to do. We, as music connoisseurs, like to keep our ears to the streams and see what you guys have gotten the rotation. So, Zig, what? is number one on the streaming charts this week. This hit on the algorithm is... K-pop by Travis Scott, Bad Bunny, and The, the Weeknd. Yeah, that joint is smooth little serenade, right? We was just listening to it before we started the pod, right? To kind of get the mood set. It just, it seems like a, uh, the type of song that the club probably plays when everybody's coming down from Coke. <laughs> Anytime the weekend is involved, I feel like the coke is being uh, busted out, right? You know, especially if there's sharks around, but we'll get into that a little bit later, too. Um, and, you know, when we when we take a look at the algorithm and, you know, seeing what exactly vibe is, we, we like to, you know, keep things in context and take a step back and look at what the vibe was way back in this time in the Wayback Machine, we went all the way back to... 1997, and this was a great top five. Oh, oh, it was hitting like that, was With it? With number five... You finna throw it back in your rotation, are you? For number five... Pause. One of these is still in my rotation. Pause. You... Maybe? I don't know. Go ahead. Number five! Yeah, I believe I can fly by R. Kelly. Who, who? Listen, all right. It might be controversial to have that one in your rotation. No, still, not but it that depends. one. That one's not in my rotation. <laughs> You'll know which one's in my rotation. I'm saying for any of the listeners out there, right? Like, let us know. Do you still have "I Cannot Believe I Can Fly" in your rotation? Because I cannot believe R. Kelly is actually serving time at this point. But hey, here we are, and the Lord's 2023. <laughs> At number four, we had Unbreak My Heart by Tony Braxton. Ooh, okay. Now, this one, this one is cleared to stay in the rotation, especially when you in them sad feels, right? Them sad, them feels. Uh. With number three, we have a very timely one with Barbie Girl. Uh, uh, really? Yes. That was 1997? Yes. Oh, bro. I'm a Barbie Girl. Isn't that wild? Yeah, that, listen, listen, we didn't even do that on purpose, right? That was a random shot in the dark. It's almost like we got a dartboard with years on it, and we just, and it just, very timely. We Um, all hit the bullseye, because the bullseye's actually not worth the most points. We hit the triple 20. So, so do you feel like uh, Barbie Girl is is still, still floats? It is certainly relevant right now. (laughs) Have you heard the new Barbie Girl with Ice Spice and Nicki Minaj? No, I heard the Dua Lipa song, though. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. At number two, this is the one still in my rotation, Semi-Charmed Life by Third Eye Blind. Okay. Yeah. 
That's almost This like... guy was gold. I was ticking to do pocket through my nose and the rhythm make it back down someplace back down. Spiral did the pictures you would take. Doing crystal meth to lift you up until you break it won't stop. The rhythm goes down to the pop to the tick-tock rhythm. The world going popping now to pumped up. I took the hit that I was given and I'm pumped again and I'm pumped again and said how do I get back down to the place where I fell deep inside you? How do I get myself back to the place where you said I want something else to get me through this semi-charm kind of life? I wonder baby, how much baby. of that is actually going to go into the pot. Um, cause you really just busted out that whole entire verse, dog. I'm, I'm not mad at you. What I am mad at, though... <laughs> Is the song about being a meth addict is the one that's still in your fucking rotation. It's though. not only in my rotation. That is a brunch classic, <laughs> sir. It is, though. And it's a song about being a meth addict. Um, listen, all of that, I mean, that top five right there is... Oh, no, I'm not even at number one. Oh, oh we're not even at number I'll one. I'll Be yet. Missing You by Puff Daddy and Faith Evans. Mmm. Mmm, because 1997, you know. Unfortunately, was the year we lost the great Christopher Wallace. Um, and oh, yeah, it. God, that's some. That's that's some heavy. That's a heavy top five right there, bro. Fucking, I believe I cannot fly. Followed by I'll be missing you, right? And then unbreak my heart. My God, the sad feels. Semi charm life <laughs> is a, a fucking. Classic. Like, I hate saying it's a classic because it's one of those songs that just feels like it never went away. Yeah, I, and I will say more recently, it feels like that song has been kind of, you know, relegated to the back burner. You might hear it, hear the melody in like a random cell phone commercial ad or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You'll still hear the melody from time to time in commercials and shit. I also um, realized when I was singing it, I started with the second verse, which is kind of why I messed up. I took the hit that I was given and I pumped again, and I pumped again. <laughs> <sighs> Man, uh, yeah, no, that's that's a crucial top five right there. 1997 clearly had some bangers. Uh, and I, Nirvana's run had ended by then. So had Tupac. Because Cobain so was had, dead. And so was Biggie. Um... And on that note, I think we're going to take a quick break. It will be right back at y'all. Have you <laughs> with, ever thought about dying? With more of that pop culture sweetness. Welcome back. Welcome back. And by the time you guys are hearing this, the Barbie movie will have been out for what, like, two days at the time of recording yeah and it's already pissing conservatives off yeah they are calling it man-hating woke propaganda ted cruz says it's the most woke movie he's ever seen i personally feel like that is an achievement and not the kind that Ben Shapiro thinks it is. Did I say Ted Cruz? I meant Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro tweeted. They're kind of like the same person. Ben Shapiro is a masochist. Why would he just go watch this movie to, That's, to, okay. to All roast right. it? Like, I want to I wanna start there. K 
Can you imagine Ben Shapiro standing at the ticket booth going, I want a ticket to the Barbie movie? No, he ordered that shit online. <laughs> he pre-ordered his ticket? He's like, he's, you pre-ordered a ticket to the Barbie movie? He pre-ordered a ticket to the Barbie movie just so nobody got their camera phone. It was like, look, Ben Shapiro oh, is ordering a ticket to the Barbie movie. Do you think he wore like a trench coat and like a, detec- a Dick Tracy hat as he looked <laughs> so nobody could tell? How tall is he? Did he have to like stand on someone else's shoulders? <laughs> is that Ben Shapiro? No, it's Ed Asbury. <laughs> Going into the Barbie movie? Yeah, no, apparently it is uh, a flaming garbage heap. <laughs> of woke. Of wokeness, according to Ben Shapiro, right? Because uh, at, at, as of the moment, hold on, I'm going to take the time to add, like, live search this shit. Do I have to? Are you really? It's because it's not Google. Thanks, Bing. Oh, my God. Oh my god, this could not be, like, any simpler. Yet, we're making it super hard for me right now. You're using Bing. (laughs) Any other time, it's not that hard. You're giving video proof that Bing sucks! At At the moment. He goes to Google. He goes to Google, everybody. Uh, Look, there we go. There's the Rotten Tomatoes score right there. Ah, I like how when you Google Barbie movie, all the like little yeah. sparkles and shit pop up. Uh, that's a little bit of Google trivia for you. Um, yeah, no, currently, as of live recording, the movie that Ben Shapiro calls Flaming Hot Garbage <laughs> is sitting at a 90% Rotten Tomatoes score, dog. And a 7.6 IMDb score out of 10. Um, not bad. Not bad, uh, considering Ryan Gosling's low T performance, according to Matt Gates's wife, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who said that Ryan Gosling's performance lacked the uh, masculinity that she was hoping for from Ken? Um, because. Ken has always been the sidekick to Barbie. I guess... That's the whole point. Somebody was clearly going to this movie and hoping to live out a fantasy that she's always hoped for, and when, you know, she saw Ryan Gosling, obviously got casted as Ken, obviously because of, you know, perfect casting choices, obviously. She finally thought that that day had come. But when she went, she was very disappointed because the movie is just a whole bunch of woke bisexual woke propaganda a whole bunch of gender bending non-conformist uh duh did they not get that from the trailer where barbie asked all of the other dolls if they've ever thought about death before yeah (laughs) what did you think what did you think, Ben Shapiro? Did Was the trailer not any clearer that this movie was potentially going to break the fourth wall? Yeah. Right? 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 Congratulations, Greta. I, I think 
you have done it. I think you have created the Barbie movie that you were hoping to achieve, um, and it's getting great Rotten Tomatoes scores. I haven't seen it because at this point, by the time we're recording, it's only been out for two fucking days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so. And I have actually been busy hustling, working on my stand-up, but we'll talk about that later if we have time. Uh, but like I said, as of right now, live recording, the Barbie movie is sitting at a 90% Rotten Tomatoes scores. Uh, critics are hailing it as a awesome movie. Um, and currently, people are going to see it and Oppenheimer in a double feature that I, I have personally dubbed the Boppenheimer double feature, but you told me that... The Hoppin' RB. That people are calling it the Hoppin' RB. The Hoppin' RB. I don't know if people are. That just sounds funny. Listen, uh, you can get at us at the Flood Pod on everything, and that's on everything, to let us know whether or not you like the Boppenheimer double feature or... Barbenheimer. Or Barbenheimer. Harbin RB. Harbin RB. RB sounds like, you know, you're hitting on somebody... At Arby's, yeah, that yeah, that totally sounds like you a uh, uh, quick a quickie in an Arby's bathroom. <laughs> um, is, is that how you guys feel about the Barbie movie? Is it uh, Oppenheimer is not a quickie? <laughs> I, it is I a said, Christopher Nolan film. I said the Barbie movie. Um, Oppenheimer, I is a Christopher Nolan film. So if you ask Ben Shapiro's wife, she was in for a quickie. Right. So did my. <laughs> Did Ben Shapiro not go see Oppenheimer? Did he choose to go see the Barbie movie instead of Oppenheimer? Like, are we gonna... What's going on, Ben? Huh? They're probably gonna miss the whole point <laughs> of the Oppenheimer movie and just walk away and go, Yeah, fuck yeah, bombs! <laughs> Iron Man, bombs! Iron Man, bombs! Bombs, yeah. Iron Man! <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, it's not like Christopher Nolan is known for putting subversive narratives into his films or anything. Speaking of subverting narratives... <laughs> I'm trolling. I'm trolling. He does that. A uh, Florida and the Florida school system has decided that moving forward and, you know, continuing their push against the anti-woke narrative like, you know, like it, fighters like Ben Shapiro and Ted Cruz and Matt Gates's wife, that they will now be instituting a, a standard in their curriculum as far as black history is concerned that would see it that students are required to list ways and possible skills that slaves could have learned that would have potentially benefited them once slavery was over. Uh, that's right, because that narrative somehow is less harmful and less reductive than the 1619 Project. Yeah, um, you know, that, you know, it, it's... <sighs> Ron DeSantis be like, well, they talk about hoes a lot. <laughs> Kamala Harris is pissed, so pissed that uh, she made a special stop in what I believe was Tallahassee, I think, um, to give a speech on how this is clearly like revisionist history. But if you listen to uh, the Washington Examiner, right, everybody is overreacting and nobody's trying to say that slaves, that slavery benefited uh, 
black Americans, right, or African Americans at that point, uh, but that potentially they could have learned some skills that could have been beneficial to them. And I would like to ask the, um, you know, the editor and the author of that Washington Examiner article, what the fuck is the difference? What the fuck is the difference? Um, I'm just sitting here like, why are you, what's the point in asking that fucking question? Because it's revisionist in whitewashing history, right? Um, Ron DeSantis and conservative members of the Florida School Board have consistently pointed out that some of the narratives of the 1619 Project and woke schooling curriculums are harmful to the minds of the the white youth, right? Because it's it, it teaches them to be like self-hating and things of that nature, right? Um, but then push curriculums like this that leave out the fact that like most United, let's be real, like most United States school curriculums leave out the fact that uh, the, 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 the slaves that were brought over from Africa were were prisoners of war mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. all kinds of skill sets. Mm -hmm. Doctors, lawyers, carpenters, farmers, right? Like, they did not need to be taught anything. <laughs> they weren't savages, right? Like, this isn't fucking 1950 anymore. Like, anybody who still thinks that that the Africans that they brought over in the Atlantic slave trade were like these savage nomads that had like no idea of like subsisted ag agriculture or, any, or like any like kind of governmental systems is, is they they're from like the Stone Age, right? And like, and that's where Ron, Don, Santon, and Florida want us to go back to. Well, right? I was gonna say, like, you're, like you said, a lot of the slaves in the East Atlantic slave trade were prisoners of war from warring tribes among different African kingdoms. Even that narrative uh, in so itself, right? Well, I, I, I'm going to let you finish, right, Kanye? I, <laughs> even that narrative in itself is misleading, right? Because, like, the idea of slavery... Slavery in Africa traditionally was a lot different than the way Europeans viewed slaves, right? Um, even the way that the Arabs viewed slaves, right? Because, like, you know, the East Atlantic Trading Company wasn't the first. The Dutch, the Portuguese, the Spaniards weren't the first to come through Africa and, you know, round up a bunch of prisoners of war and ship them off as slaves. Like, the Arabs have been done that. But, but... This, 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 this hypocrisy, right, that we continue well, to see from conservatives. What I was going to say is, like you said, they were taking doctors, lawyers, like soldier farmers, and just keeping them in as slaves. But African society was still progressing at a rate equal relative to other societies if they only utilized the resources within their region. Exactly. Europe yes. was colonizing, so they kept taking more resources right. to 
enhance their smaller area. Right. Europe also benefited from being a part of major... Like Japan and India. Well, that's what I was going to say. Europe also benefited from being part of major trade and shipping routes and things like that of that nature, right? Like the English Navy was like, you know, extremely like formidable and, and was like paving a lot of the same like lanes that armies like Alexander the Great or like Genghis Khan uh, when establishing the Silk Road and things of that nature, right? Um, But to continue to push the narratives that these slaves needed to be taught skills that would have been quote-unquote beneficial to them and then the idea that they don't see the hypocrisy in or not the hypocrisy in that but like the ignorance in that yeah. right and that they still think they're, they're people aren't teaching. white canvases like they're alive somehow they probably learned to do something right um you know this coming from the people who continue to push the narrative that the pilgrims arrived on the continent not knowing what to do and were taught how to survive through the winter by the native americans but then also being like but those were our founding fathers and we would not be here today if it were not for them and their awesomeness right like uh gotta remember being a progressive is relative to the time the word, the entomology, sure. hey, Ron Don Santon, sure. of sure. progressive is sure. progress, which means moving forward. Yeah, uh, this is definitely not uh, progress. Yeah, no, this, this is a step backwards. But crazy. when people are like criticizing people of the past, they have to remember they were a progressive for their time. But it's also, you know, consistent with how Florida has been moving. We've covered already in the past how, you know, the college board was pushing against the Florida approved, the the approved Florida curriculum. Also, we just right? talk about Florida events frequently. <laughs> we do. We These do. are real news headlines that I pull for that segment. Uh, well, you know, this was a real news grabber. Um everybody is pretty up in arms about this right um as appropriately so right it just feels like it you can't get much more clickbaity than how did being a slave teach them skills that benefited them in the long run right like that's like how did being in prison i was literally just thinking that i was like what did you learn while you were in prison what kind of communication skills did you learn while you were in prison? And on that note, I think we're going to take another break. And then we'll be back at you guys with some more hot takes and headlines. Break! Welcome back. Well, margarine collard greens thought it would be a great idea. Large Marge, as they and call her on internet today. In a public session of Congress that was being broadcasted on C-SPAN. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Decided to oh, talk about man. Hunter Biden. Oh, man. When not you connected know... to the 
bill of discussion at the moment. You know it's gonna get spicy when Hunter Biden is mentioned, baby. And she pulled out some posters. Some receipts. With screenshots. Screenshots. Having sex with prostitutes. Listen, when I heard, where were you? When you heard that Marjorie Taylor Greene busted out the Hunter Biden nudes, nigga, on C-SPAN. On C-SPAN. Listen, listen. As somebody who grew up with 24-hour cable news, right? Like, it's been a thing for a while now, since, like, what, the 70s, the 80s, right? I remember it really kicking in. I mean, I have been alive since the 90s, so yeah. I was like, ah, I remember it in the 90s. Yeah, listen, so... So, by the time we were born, 24-hour news, the 24-hour news cycle was a settled-in thing. That was an established part of being in the American media sphere. Yeah. Right? C-SPAN was, like, boring news media. Yeah. Right? Like, Fox, TMZ, like, that was, like, that was, like, the salacious shit. Right? And, like, Fox didn't even come around until, like, the late 80s. Bro. Fucking busting out the nudes on <laughs> in a political forum is something that you would think that would happen on, like, fucking Dateline. Or, like, fucking Inside Edition. Right? Like, Not just nudes. Like, and I'd like to remind everybody who is uh, a Fox News watcher... That Inside Edition is where Bill O'Reilly got his start. So like, let's let's not let's not forget, Fox has always been part of them tabloids, baby, right? Like their owner, their owner made his money off of tabloids, right? So you would think, you would think, if Marjorie Taylor Greene was going to bust out the nudes anywhere, it would be on like Fox or something, right? It wouldn't be on fucking C-SPAN, dog. Like a live coverage of a fucking political hearing on a bill that had multiple, nothing to do with multiple congress people since said there are literally laws against this yeah we could yeah. we could read them to you yeah also this is it's literally almost, revenge porn yeah yeah that's that's what i was gonna say is it's 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 revenge porn textbook if, textbook wouldn't it be something if it came out that Marjorie Taylor Greene had been in Hunter Biden's DMs <laughs> and she was mad because she got rejected? <laughs> so she decided to leave Hey, Hunter, news. what's going on? Well, I mean, we're playing Dungeons and Dragons right now. <laughs> <laughs> Call back to last episode. <laughs> if you don't know, now you know. I didn't think when I started this, this life cycle, right? This this playthrough on uh, <laughs> on reality. I didn't think that <laughs> nude screenshots in a fucking political debate was something that I would ever hear in a sentence. <laughs> but here we are in the Lord's 2023, man. And let me tell you. It gets a lot weirder from here, right? Like, that's not even the weirdest thing that's happened in the most recent timeline. What do you think's going to happen by the end of 2023? 
I don't want to take guesses because NPC streaming is now a thing. I'm always just going to take the over on uh, Trump dying. Uh, listen. It's going to pan out eventually. I mean, he's like, what, almost 80, right? He's, he's got a lot of stress hitting him right he's, now. He's up there with Biden, right? Trump is Trump is pretty old, uh, so it's not, you know, I'm not going to say his days are numbered. He doesn't have the healthiest lifestyle either. Uh, but I don't think he's pulling, you know, the queen numbers out here. But speaking of pulling numbers, you, we've been teasing it. We got to talk about it. Y'all seem to love it. I don't know why. But NPC streaming is the new hotness. This is the creepiest thing that I've heard about. It's the new hotness, right? Like the VTubers, that's that's old and busted. What we want is IRL NPC streamers and at the forefront ice of cream, it all. Ice cream. Seems yum, to yum, be a young influencer by the name of Pinky Doll. And I say young for a reason, but we'll get into that part at the moment. But first I have to explain to our listeners and our viewers who may not be hip, what exactly is NPC streaming? What is NPC streaming, Doc? What is an NPC, Zig? Well, that would stand for non-player character. As in, if you are playing Skyrim, and somebody told you that they took an arrow in the knee, that person is an NPC. Bars! Ow, watch where you're going. Ow, watch where you're going. Ow, watch where you're going. Um, I used to be an adventurer. <laughs> what are you buying? What are you selling? <laughs> Yo. Anybody who's played video games knows what an NPC is. Hey, they are listen. the characters that take up the space in your interactive world. They are the people there for you to interact with in your sandbox, right? The thing is, is like designers are now even going out of their way to make NPCs not feel like NPCs in video games because you talk to them like six times in a row and they'll tell you something different each time. Yeah. Which means if you want to see something repeat, you have to consciously hit it. Or, or you just hop on TikTok, right? And you go to, you know, see Pinky Doll, or at this point, even Trisha Paytas is doing it. Kai Scent is doing it. Uh, like, like real actual influencers, like, like internet celebrities are now joining this NPC trend because according to Pinky Doll, you can make anywhere from three thousand to seven thousand dollars a day. That's doing. Insane. This shit. It no. What is insane is the the effort that it takes to do this NPC shit, right? Because like these people, these influencers are memorizing a set of callbacks and responses to gifts and gifts that are being sent via these TikTok live streams, right? And based on the gift that is sent they have like a set response like an npc would it based on you know you choosing to interact or talk with them right and some of pinky dolls were if she gets an ice cream she goes ice cream ice cream <laughs> she also you know thanks her donators or her gifters as they appear on the live stream and it's 
all very odd entertainment to say the least um as zig has expressed it's you know not his cup of tea it's not mine either. it's somebody's fetish uh there are a lot of people who think that there is a weird you know kink fetish thing going on here and i wouldn't say that that's too far off the mark considering some of the people i've seen do this shit what i do find interesting though is that the like you know the it star of this npc can you imagine being an it npc isn't that like an oxymoron star <laughs> in itself the right? most popular non-player character um pinky doll has come under a bit of controversy lately because it turns out she might be lying about her age um of all things Right, it, initially it was reported that the influencer was 27 years old, but it has since come out in previous posts before she recently blew up. Her age was listed at around 19, um, which is not 27. Um, there are also some reports that she may even be as young as 15. That's right. You weirdos may have been paying a 15-year-old to say... Yum, yum, yum! Mmm, ice cream, ice cream! <laughs> now, I don't think she's 15 because there are also instances of her breaking character for a second to, you know, tell children, her perceivably her, ch her child, to go to bed. Um, so her being 15 and a 15-year-old mother making 7000 dollars a day off being an npc would be yum 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 extra wild she's also not the only person doing this there are people who are in pushing the narrative that her being so young pushes a narrative of over sexualizing young teenage girls on the internet but it is yet to have been confirmed what her actual age is. Uh, she does, however, uh, look like she could be anywhere <laughs> from 16 to 27. So I don't know if any of that will affect the current NPC trend. I do know that uh, y'all need to calm down on the internet. I love y'all, right? Because this is wild. Listen, this is listen. Weird. There are some things that this is weird. could not have existed without the internet. Um, and NPC streams, I feel like, a, is definitely who one the of fuck them. asked for this? Yeah, no, this is totally a who, who the, the fuck, fuck asked for this. Just <laughs> stamp that across the screen. Oh, yo, it's me. It's me, the guy who asked. What is this? But why? Hey, who man's is this? Why? Why would you do that? Why would you do any of that? Who man's is this? You serious? Who the fuck asked for NPC streams? <laughs> oh man. You listen to the wrong podcast and it's I never knew I needed this. <laughs> We're not that podcast. No. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> First of all, uh, buying TikTok gifts is already weird in itself. Like, I'm 
I'm mad I have to like watch my son spend his allowance money on V-Bucks and I'm so glad he's not gifting NPC streamers on TikTok. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's start there. What I am also glad about is the fact that I've, you know, been to the beach this summer and have not encountered a cocaine shark yet. Cocaine uh, shark? I don't know if your For You page has been blowing up with all these instances of, you know, sharks coming, like, very close to the shoreline uh, on all these different vacation spots, right? Like, it's just... I, I maybe it's because we're getting close to Shark Week, but I feel like I've seen lots of different videos of sharks like and people like just freaking out like at the beach because the shark is like swimming around like straight and, up jaws and also freaking out. Um, it's yeah, it's it's getting pretty wild, and it turns out that it might be getting pretty wild because some of these sharks might be a little skied up. <laughs> a little too much cocaine. According to a Shark Week episode that will be investigating whether or not the drugs dumped during all of these trafficking escapades are affecting some of the ocean wildlife, sharks might be consuming some of the drugs that are dumped off of the Florida coast, right? And, you know, cocaine washing up on the Florida coast is... is about as old as American muscle. Yeah. Right? I mean, that, it's, a, it's a meme at this point. <laughs> the Discovery Channel has been doing Shark Week for about as yeah. long as cable has been a thing. Yeah. I feel like. It's, I don't know. You Listeners, you might, viewers, you might correct me on that. I, I but, bet you the people who watch Shark Week religiously also watch the Puppy Bowl. I feel like Shark Week is about as old as most millennials are. Yeah. Right. Like, we um, all have been on a shark week bender. Well. <laughs> Sharks are cool, man. With Cocaine Bear, you know, being a recent hotline. Yeah. Discovery Channel decided that they weren't going to let the trend go to waste. And they were going to jump on the cocaine trend. <laughs> the cocaine train? The cocaine trend? What is this? The 1980s? Uh, yeah, man. And apparently, you know, we're dumping just as much coke in the water as we were then. It, it seems like so much coke that maybe some of the sharks that have been popping up in these, you know, TikTok videos might might potentially be, you know, looking for their next fix. I do coke. Yes, I know. The upcoming episode will, you know, observe some of the odd behavioral patterns that the sharks have been, like, attributing. Um, some of the sharks were, like, noticing fixating on certain objects, swimming erratically while moving directly towards, like, you know, the film crew and yeah. things of that nature. Focusing in on imaginary objects. Go catch it. <laughs> Mad, mad cocaine. Do like a side-by-side -side comparison of the shark's behavior to a Don Jr. speech, and you'll be like, yeah, they're one and the same. <laughs> cocaine sharks was not on my 2023 bingo card, yeah. but I also feel like it was, it's not even close to the most shocking thing. I just, I, I once again feel like with all of the drugs that are like I mean I feel like we covered the the sea turtle that, that yeah I was... think we covered the drug sea turtle 
that was trafficking a whole bunch of fucking cocaine, right? So if like the sea turtle is out here moving moving bricks, do we think that the the, the great white is not gonna get a hold of it? Jokes right? on them, it's all fentanyl. Do we think that the tiger shark is not gonna get a hold of it? I did see uh, an article just recently about them using ketamine to um, <laughs> to trap wild animals that are running loose in residential areas instead of like shooting them dead with bullets and stuff yeah um, they're just gonna have them od on ketamine and i just i you know i i feel like and then an animal will eat the corpse and the ketamine will get into them and the next thing you know the ketamine is in the trees which then puts the ketamine in the air and the next thing you know we're all junkies well that was one of the things that they were talking about in the article is that like you know cocaine is extremely soluble right in in like anything so the second that a package busts open it's just in the water so it's not just Sharks eating these bundles of cocaine because they're confused and think breathing in cocaine. Yeah, (laughs) it's any of the fish in the water. It's dolphins getting skied up. Be like, oh, did they put something in your drink? They put something in all of our drinks. Everybody (laughs) wants to know why the killer whales have been like slamming and attacking boats and shit like that. And maybe it's because they're like fucking like raged out on coke and shit. Wouldn't be the craziest thing I've heard about this year. Listen, I mean, we've all seen what it did to John Mulaney, so, like, imagine what the fuck it's gonna do to the shark. Ooh, John Mulaney would laugh at that joke. <laughs> at least John Mulaney has a sense of humor, right? Because apparently uh, the Tennessee school board does not have a sense of humor. A student was suspended from a Tennessee middle school, I believe, after he posted memes on his Snapchat about his overly serious principal, proving that his principal was overly serious. (laughs) (laughs) And the student's family is now taking the Tennessee school board to court, um, stating that they violated his First Amendment right and that, you know, this punishment for memes that were mild to say the least are it is very like draconian and kind of concerning Doesn't this go back to one of the biggest court cases way back yes in, actually in Texas, it does the armband protest yes it does and the uh boy's lawyer stated that in the fox news video that i found the story through right but in <laughs> the memes of his principal are like they're memes that a fucking middle schooler would make like one is of him one is of him being hugged by, like, fucking Rigby from, uh... <laughs> like, I mean, that's just kind of... From regular show, right? The, the, they're, they're yeah, just... like, they make him look like the odd cat. Like, ooh. Yeah, simple, simple <laughs> middle school memes, and they suspended him over it, and there's... If I was him, I'd laugh at that. Yeah. Once again, the memes were made of the principal because the principal was overly serious. <laughs> And I proving his point. Absolutely baffled that this is that this this is a thing. Like this is really a thing in in the Lord's 2023. We're suspending. If this is not an example of an overreach of power, dog. I don't know what it is. And I just have to ask you, Zig, is is um suspending a student over posting hurtful me? about you a soft move or a boss move. Moving on, it's time for soft move or boss move. 
absolutely a soft move, goddammit. You can be mean if you're funny. You can 100% be mean if you're funny. And you know yeah. what? You know who said that? David fucking Jacoby. Modern American philosopher. Bro, alright, so to the inverse is getting suspended for posting memes about your principal a soft move or a boss move. Depends how they return. If they return and just fall in line, that's a soft move. But if they return and start posting the most fire memes, oh, that's a fucking boss move. I mean, they're taking the school board to court. Like, oh, that's a fucking boss move. Boss move. They're taking the school board to court because they feel like this is in overreach of power, right? Like, it's totally absurd to actually have suspended this child for what amounts to, like... Shit posting. Like, clip art shit yeah, posting. Yeah, like, like, clip art shit posting. Like, like end of Z world level of shit posting. Yeah, art. yeah, bro. Like, this, when I saw this story, I was like, this on top of the Florida thing, dude, it was just... <laughs> Y'all gotta chill out. Suspending that kid is 100% a soft move. Yeah. You can be mean if you're funny. <laughs> I don't know if I would go that far, dog, but, like, suspending somebody for something that does not disrupt school, like, school time, which is another thing his lawyer pointed out, right? Like, these memes were posted off school property outside of, like, classroom activity. <laughs> It's not like he's live streaming the principal with a filter on. They did on. not like, cause the principal any harm in any way, shape, or form other than, ooh, one of the kids made a joke about me. Like, you're the principal. Trust me. They all are making jokes about you. It just. I feel like that should be in like orientation as even a teacher and just be like, look, the kids are making fun of you. And they will make fun of you on social media now. Yeah. They all have cell phones. There's nothing we can do about it. You will get a meme made fun of you. You will go viral if you do something stupid. So please be on the lookout. Protect yeah. your neck out here in these streets. Um, this principal totally overreacted. Protect uh, the check? He did not protect the check. <laughs> he did not protect the check. Uh, and on that note... I think we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back at you guys with more hot takes. You take a sound, any sound, record it, and then change its nature by a multiplicity of operations. You record it at different speeds, you play it backwards, you add it to itself over and over again. You adjust filters, echoes, acoustic qualities, you combine segments of magnetic tape. By these means and many others, you can create sounds. Welcome back. Welcome back. Speaking of welcoming back, uh, you know, it it's definitely felt like a conspiracy theory kind of like decade, right? You know, from COVID conspiracy theories to um, come the, with me. The five G conspiracy Mary, theories. We've really been, you know, dusting. Flat Earth has even made a resurgence in the last year. Um, we've been yeah, dusting off now. the conspiracy Everybody theories. So why that. not? Dust off the Tupac conspiracy theory. The L.A. Police Department has reopened the investigation into the Tupac death case by issuing a warrant, of all things, 
for a guy who's been going around and doing like podcast circuits and interviews claiming that he knows who killed Tupac and like all that shit, right? I think his name is like David Smith or it's some weird I think they, NPC they put the generic name. On somebody named Orlando Anderson, if I remember. Uh, yeah, action. yeah, like that's who everybody is. It's Baby Lane. Uh, that's who everybody is pretty certain was the one that pulled the trigger that shot up the BMW that night. Right? It's not really a mystery who killed Tupac. The mystery was supposed to be... If he was dead at all. <laughs> right? So I don't know why the fuck all of a sudden. And apparently there were rumors that were... Along with the Jamie Foxx is a clone rumor that was like going around recently. That it was Ice Cube and Dr. Dre that pulled the hit on Tupac. What? And not Puffy or Orlando Anderson. It, it's just... Why Ice Cube and Dre? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why people think the Earth is flat. I don't know why well, people... that's because they see the ice wall from... It makes more sense to me that people think Jamie Foxx is, uh, is a clone right now <laughs> than, than the Earth being flat, right? Especially when you put out a movie called, I think, The Clone Tyrone, right? <laughs> Which is... A great movie, by the way. It's Jamie Foxx and John Boyega, right? Kiefer Sutherland is in the movie. David Allen Greer is in the movie, right? It's a great movie, right? Um, the concept is a little, like, on the nose. Did you say uh, Kiefer Sutherland? I did. I know who that person is. <laughs> <laughs> He was, like, he was like the only white person in the... Not I know, the, that's why it's funny! Not the only white person in the movie. If anybody who's seen the movie, then you will know the white guys with afros, right? Um, it's it's a wild ride, uh, to say the least. I don't want to spoil the movie for anybody who's watching it. I think it's a great, like, hood sci-fi movie. Uh, let me put it that way for anybody who might be, like, teetering on the fence. If you wanted, you know, if you were looking for something new, um, I won't call it, or, it. Don't be a menace to society while the Martians are drinking juice in the hood. Uh, don't be a menace to society while I think they clone Tyrone, right? <laughs> <laughs> the movie, the title is right there, bro. Um, but it, the rumors, the conspiracies are floating around so much so that Jamie had to actually take to Instagram uh, I Saturday, I believe, right? Uh, which would have been like a week from now by the time you guys are listening to this pod. To actually come out and be like, I'm not a clone, y'all. Like, I promise y'all the videos of me being seen on the yacht, that's actually me. I didn't like die, but I didn't, I haven't said anything. You know, he said, I haven't said anything yet because I wanted to be close to 100%. He didn't want people to see him like that. Right, like he's used to making people laugh, making people smile. Totally get that from Jamie. Uh, so he didn't want to be seen in a state where he was literally fighting for his life. So God forbid somebody don't come out and make like a statement right then and there, right? Like this. Because Jamie knows he's always on stage the moment he walks out the door of his house. He's not an NPC, guys. He is a yum, real yum, yum. person. <laughs> He's not a clone, um, but... I bet you he likes ice cream! Ice cream! But 
the uh, the the Tupac warrant, uh, the the case, the warrant for the reopening of the Tupac murder cases, also a real thing, uh, despite the conspiracies that it may have been Puffy or Ice Cube and Dre, or Tupac may be alive in Cuba, depending on. Okay, who you so talk to. like, I'm pretty sure at this point we're just like, all right, he's dead, because the most convincing Tupac theory was. Definitely the seven-day theory. If he is alive, he's in Cuba, and he's not coming back. He's not, he's definitely not pulling a John McAfee where he's like, I'm hiding, but I'm not. Like, yeah, Tupac was supposed to come back in 2003 if you followed the seven-day theory, yeah. which is a whole other thing. If you haven't seen that video, it is dated as fuck, but watch At it this because point. this dude really puts it together. Um... I just think, you know, uh, the the conspiracy is really what is behind them reopening this case. Um, I guess the LAPD needs some good publicity because it really, I really don't see a point in this. Uh, are we going to open Biggie's case next, right? Like, I just want to say on like September 6, 2003, like I was waiting for like, looking at my watch, I'm like, is he back? Is he back? Is he back? Fuck! It's the next day. He's dead. Um, I can tell you one conspiracy theory that was right, though, and I think we all owe Alex Jones a really big apology because <laughs> they are putting shit in the water to make the frickin' frogs gay, and they're not hiding it anymore. As a matter of fact, jumping on the new pre-mixed cocktail wave is a seltzer, a vodka seltzer, with the very forward name of Gay Water. That's right. This Ladies is the version of the pear ring. By the time this podcast has dropped you will be able to go to your local and liquor store and show what kind of a fucking ally you really are by purchasing a 12 pack of gay water that's right it All right, is here's my out stance. and I am it not is proud gay water but if everything else runs out and I'm hanging with homies and like all that's left is like two or three gay waters <laughs> listen I guess I'm grabbing one and According to the I don't want to grab Fred's gay waters. That would be weird. According to the CNN article, the can cocktail is named after a colloquialism given to the popular mixed drink vodka and soda, right? Um, ordered at bars by the gay community. The founder of Gay Water, Hodison, is a gay man himself, and you know, recently took a look at what is going on with the Bud Light. Dylan Mulvaney controversy and saw, you know, an opening to really... An opening. <laughs> come in and <laughs> fill a niche. <laughs> One that Bud Light had, you know, 
attempted to pick up, but really dropped the ball on once they were faced with a little bit of pressure. <laughs> Stating that he wanted to build something that is queer and part of the community, but isn't necessarily rainbows and unicorns uh, that you will see all around you during Pride. Right, so the can features bright, colorful designs that are reminiscent of pop art or Nickelodeon's TV shows. The Spike Seltzer will join the various Spike Seltzer market, like, you know, amongst the Trulies and the White Claws, right? A now, I will say, I will say, these are going to sound like crazy. I wouldn't buy it, but I'm also not the target demographic. Uh, Gay Water is largely sold online. It is sugar-free and comes in three flavors, watermelon, lime, uh, uh, not three flavors, four flavors, watermelon, lime, peach, and grapefruit. I thought that one of the flavors would be something else. Uh, the six-pack goes for eighteen twenty-five, and the twelve-pack goes for thirty-six fifty. Of course, so, gay water would come in a six-pack. It is in line with other premixed cocktail seltzers. Nothing like super spectacular, but don't the talk name, about the gay community like that. They are fabulous. <laughs> The name is definitely an attention grabber. Um, and if you see a can of gay water, would it grab your attention? Uh, would you grab it and give it a try? Uh, let us know at the flood pot on everything and that's on everything. If Allie was coming on the pot, I feel like I would have to. Grab a can of gay water? A case of gay water. Uh, what about TK, right? Like we I feel like TK, no, I feel like TK would appreciate the sentiment, but then just be like, but you guys know I like beer. And Casey, we've had multiple, uh, you know, guests. Casey from would the, get down with gay water. The LGBTQ community on the podcast. Yeah, Casey um, would get down. We with are gay pretty ally, right? But I personally will not be going out of my way to grab a case of gay water. Anytime. I will also not be going out of my way to buy a case of gay water. <laughs> but I will but, say, if I was going to like my uncle's plural birthday or anniversary, I would grab gay water. But do you think Alex Jones would drink a gay water? <laughs> no, but I feel like he would buy a pond and pour it full of gay water and get some frogs <laughs> and see if it makes the see if they become gay. gay. Do you think Ben Shapiro was drinking gay water while he was watching the Barbie movie <laughs> to see to see just how potent the gay leftist agenda really was? Only if you spiked it with some new Maryland recreational marijuana. <laughs> How many TikTok roses do you think we would have to give Ben Shapiro in order to make him drink gay water? Ice cream, ice cream. <laughs> ice cream, ice cream. <laughs> Ew, God, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Okay. I can't. I, so I, I have a quit, question. I, I quit don't know the if I've podcast. Asked you before, right? I'm going to go be an NPC streamer. All right. Let's let's assume reincarnation is real for a second. Right? Oh God! Here we go. Off the rails. Do you hit new game or continue? Continue. <laughs> like, would you reincarnate? Do you hit new game or continue? Um, it depends. Do you want to continue? It depends. Do you want to like keep with the build that you've already established? Or do you want to start all over and like... Well, I mean, are we pursuing Nirvana? Play as a mage this time. 
I'm thinking more like the dot .hack games from PlayStation 2 where they carry over your memory card data. I mean, I look at life as an RPG. <laughs> I have been right? increasingly doing that. This is super dystopian. Been helpful. So once again, like when you talk about reincarnation, it's like, do you want to continue the build you are already working on, but like with a different skin, right? Like, you know how like some games like uh, Saints Row will let you like change like World the way Warcraft your character has race, has race traits that matter. I Well, some games will let you like change skin in the middle of like the playthrough. Like let uh, you change your skin. Like Saints Row will let you change the way your character looks, right? You just have to pay a little bit of in-game money. So, like, if you look Double at... Double the Hannibal game. RPGs like that. Or if you look at life as an RPG like that, right? And reincarnation is just you changing skins. Then do you do you keep your stats? Or do you start all... Do you start with a fresh playbook? You start... I mean, every time you gotta start with a fresh playbook. It's like you're playing Diablo on um, Hardcore. Where when you die, you have to start over. Man... So I mean, like, would you continue with that character from the get-go? Well, then, if you no, tutorial again. No, obviously, if you're looking at it with like, if you're looking at life as Diablo on hardcore, then you you start from the beginning. Well, I mean, we always start from the beginning. And our moms never let it, never let us forget it. So did you just answer your own question then? Every time I picture new game and continue, I just imagine the Buster Sword at a 45 degree angle, and then the new game and continue thing from Final Fantasy VII. And we will be back to continue right after this break. Break! To the Democratic Central Committee of Anne Arundel County. Welcome back. I will say in advance to pardon my candor in this letter. I have no political motivations behind this because I am not a politician. I never intended to be one. However, I acknowledge the important function representatives serve because pure democracy for a nation of this size would be untenable. Countless referendums would fill people's mailboxes each day with most being left ignored, much like political fundraising letters. Our republic must rely on the intent of its chosen leaders based on the faith of its people. Across the nation, people are losing that faith. Many feel they are tangled in wire, screaming for help only to be actively ignored. People's outrage has turned to apathy, so the same antiquated House and Senate seats are occupied by the same coffin-dodging relics who are hoping someone likes them enough to put their name on a park bench. So why am I in this position that I am in? I don't have an answer. How did I get here? I'm not sure, but I can tell you how it started. As a joke in a 10 minute Google search. It started as researching local candidates asking if they would come on my podcast to discuss the importance of local government. I noticed when looking at the candidates for several positions, there weren't any. I looked for the qualifications for running and I had to be at least 18, live in my district, show my government ID and pay $10. The whole process took maybe 15 minutes. There's no way I would win. There's months to go for other candidates. It can't be this easy to get into politics. But it made for great content. I made a government email, Dan for you, AAC, 
Yes, the address was directly inspired by Comedy Central's Nathan For You. My email icon is a picture of All Might. I was never meant to be taken seriously. People would ask how my campaign was going and I'd laugh and say, what campaign? They knew I was joking. More or less, it was an experiment. Eventually, two other candidates registered, making it a three-person race for two open seats, and unlucky for me, I won. After the election, there were still nine vacant seats on the committee. Multiple candidates submitted resumes for the position for the job posting. Those applicants for the nine open seats wanted to be there, and they were all qualified and motivated. I wanted to ask each one why they didn't run, because every single one of them should have been there instead of me, and that was fucking disappointing. Seriously, the one thing I can say is to get the word out about these positions and how easy it is to apply. That way, someone who is doing it as a joke for a podcast doesn't win. Those people need to know that all it takes is $10 and 15 minutes at the clerk's office. With that being said, I resign. So they finally caught on to your scheme, huh? One of them, like, messaged me and was like, so are you going to come to Eddie Meetings? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, no. Oh, and I forgot the uh, the other thing that I, I sent to my, uh, the, the person was, uh, and if someone doesn't show up for months, kick them off the fucking committee. Uh, so how does it feel now that it's all come to an end? Disheartening. I hope they find somebody who gives a shit more than me. I wanted to apologize for saying they were caught up in my experiment, but I'm really not sorry. No, that's why I'm like, why are you disheartened? Like, what did you think was going to accumulate? Like, or uh, like come from all of this? I thought I would have gotten removed by now. <sighs> They're way too busy. I wasn't to even, even like. Care. I wasn't even like quote unquote forced to resign. I was literally asked. It was like, do you still want to do this? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I think they would have like, you know, forced you to resign had you not shown up at a certain point, right? Like... If I kept not showing up. Yeah, it seems like it was getting to that point. Yeah, it was uh, probably six months before I even got a text message. How Let many... sink in, people. How many members were there on the community? Or the committee? There's 20-something. Like, filled positions. There were, like, 20 people. Oh, after the election? No, there were nine open seats. Still. Yeah. There were nine open seats, and yeah. then we had to vote on candidates. And the moment I saw these candidates, like, multiple candidates for each position, competing just because they saw something that was an equivalent of a job posting, and each one of them legitimately wanted to be there, and were very accomplished people, that's were when, very driven. That's when I'm, you got disheartened. And I'm like... Why did they not put their names in? Is it really, is it really that big of a gateway to just take the initiative to find out? Are people that disillusioned that they don't think they can do this themselves? I guess, yeah, I would call it disillusioned, but I don't think it's so much of a willing ignorance as, like, Like I said, anger has turned to apathy. I mean, I feel like your anger is misplaced the system is willingly constructed to look like the barrier for entry is a lot higher than most people would perceive ten dollars and 15 minutes everybody um to get on your local county community board 
Yeah. Right. Um, I did not campaign. And, you know, and that... And, the one person who did campaign in my district won by hundreds of votes. He blew me and the other guy out of the water. I was going to say, and your local county community board is not like, you know, small potatoes, right? It, it is the basic barrier for entry as far as politics is concerned. I was able to do it with zero effort. And that's my message, is if you want to do this at all, I didn't. I just wanted to see if I could do it. But I didn't want to do it. I mean, listen, you have a lot in common with a lot of great entrepreneurs who took that same kind of initiative and did things like bought social media companies that they had absolutely no business buying. Uh, so much so that uh, at this point, Elon has absolutely decided that, you know what? Twitter doesn't need to be a thing anymore. As he's clearly shown us, he already thinks that Twitter doesn't need to be a thing. So much so that he's, I feel like, systematically tried to tank it since he bought it. Since he was forced to buy it. Because remember, he did try to back out of buying it at the last minute. He like, no balls did, and then they called their bluff. <laughs> And he's been like slowly trying to kill it ever since then by doing things like firing everybody that works there, not paying the rent for any of the like headquarters of operations <laughs> that Twitter has. Um, Setting up cots in, in programmers' rooms. And forcing people to pay for verification status. Just making Twitter a shitty app in any way, shape, or form. So much so... Nothing seems real anymore. That at that point, motherfucker right there is not real! <laughs> and at this point, Elon is totally embracing that and is rebranding and by the time you guys have heard this, Twitter will no longer be a thing. It will now be known as X, the platform, or just X, right? But it's X, the platform. Um, Incoming lawsuit from Marvel. Formerly known as Twitter because taking a play out of Mark Zuckerberg's playbook, we're completely rebranding to escape some of the controversy that we are facing lately and we are no longer facebook we are meta right like but, so but it, so it we are no platform facebook the name <laughs> the same you are changing twitter to x yes he is changing twitter to x and not only are they changing twitter to x but ceo linda yaccarino says that the uh platform will be powered by ai willing ceo uh she continued to list the uh interactive verticals across the X platform, which will, um, you know, include the AI, uh, including audio, video, messaging, payment, banking, um, global marketplace ideas, oh goods, services, and opportunities. Uh, it's the GW system. The GW system. Elon literally created the GW system from Metal Gear Solid 2. Oh, well, I mean, it was either that or Skynet, right? Like, no, he's... like, like this, this is, this is creepy. Powered by an AI. At this point, Elon is such a cloud chaser. Like I said, it was either that or Skynet. It was either that or Skynet, right? Like anything, 
anything to make the fanboys happy. So if Elon is doing anything to make the fanboys happy, he's going to push the extent of X as far as it can go until it hits its logical extreme, to which point it will face inevitable blowback. Uh, I feel like he's gonna face inevitable blowback with this anyway, uh, because rebranding the failure of an entrepreneurial venture that was purchasing Twitter as X is not going to help uh, you know, people forget that you still have to pay like your rent <laughs> and, and things of that nature. Also, that monologue applies to any form of labor at all. Uh, so if anything you read in a contract seems like common sense, just remember it took common sense to figure that out. It took some foresight to write it down. And common sense should uh tell Elon, especially if we're taking notes from Mark Zuckerberg's playbook, that rebranding your app um, is not going to help you escape controversy. <laughs> and the fact that he doesn't get this is just more proof that none of this is, is normal. But normal is buying all your Yu-Gi-Oh! Pokemon Magic the Gathering Flesh and Blood board game cargain supplies at TokenWG.com, using the promo code Ziggy to get 10% off of your order, as well as following us at the Flood Pod on everything. And that's on everything. And you can catch us guys next week with more of these beloved hot takes. We appreciate y'all for joining us once again, and we will see y'all back at it. Do you think virtual sacrifice is a good idea? Deuces! Look, it's a flood! It's a flood! It's flooding! Get away! Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground! Open the floodgates!